You're listening to the Ape for Comics podcast, sponsored by StashMyComics.com and our local comic book shop in Roanoke, Virginia, BNDComics.com. And now, here's your hosts, Matt Barrett and Neil Rickman. Thank you for listening to the Ape for Comics podcast. We're at episode number 16 now, and I'm your host, Matt Barrett. And with me is... Neil Rickman. Well, it's a different accent every time. <laughs> I I, you just throw me. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I could have went New Yorker with it. Oh, there's Neil Rickman here. I don't even know. What, what the hell is that? I can't do voices. What am I trying for? That's okay. You're, you're just Neil Rickman. Uh, Neil-centric? Neil is that yes, what you're saying? Neil-centric. And we're here to do what we do every week. Talk about comic books. And as promised from the last episode, we do have a comic swap. So we did trade some books, albeit digitally. Oh no, you have a physical copy of Battle for Adam, don't you? I do. Okay. I have digital copy of it. So, but yeah, we're going to be talking about, uh, is it Battle of the Atom or Battle for the Atom? I don't have it in front of me. Uh, it's Battle of the Atom. Battle of the Atom. I really did read this. It would be cool if like people were battling over like an Atom, like a single Atom. Or the DC character Atom. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that confuses me. I keep waiting for this like little guy to show up and, and jump into people's bodies. <clears throat> nobody nobody wants to battle Frank Pym. <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah, there would never be an event revolving around or he sees Adam, unfortunately. Although I do like him. I, I do like him a lot. I've been tempted to uh, brush up on that character quite a few times, and it just never made the leap. Yeah. So. But first, let's touch on some news. Uh, and by the way, the other comic swap book we're going to be talking about is the Flash 23.1, the villain book of Grodd. So. Yes. It was fantastic, I thought. Well, I mean, I don't know fantastic. It was really good. I thought it was pretty good, but um, we'll we'll touch on my one issue with it. Uh, but first, let's go into the news. A book that you have been enjoying very much is X Factor, and that has ended at uh, what did we say? Two sixty two. It's two sixty two. Okay, and that's a book you've been reading for quite some time. Yep, I uh, I. I started uh, X Factor. I can't. I can't make the claim of starting it in '91 with David then. Mm-hmm. But as soon as after uh, the House of M ended and they did the Decimation M, that was after uh, Scarlet Witch had said no more mutants. Uh, Peter David came back. Uh, he had had a run of, from 1991 to 1998 on the title um, previously, and okay. so uh, in 2002 he had a mini series uh, that was a four issue X factor, uh, miniseries about mad. It was called Madrox, I believe, uh, about, you know, multiple men. Right. And then eventually in 2005, went after the house of M and decimation M that's when they started at a new number one. They eventually went back to the original numbering and that's why we have 262 issues of this book. Gotcha. Um, you know, that kind of crazy jumping back and forth, but, um, it is up there with, 
and, and it may be the most consistently solid title <laughs> I have read. Um, it's up there with uh, Ultimate Spider-Man before I left it, although I hear it's still good, but I jumped off of there. Uh, it just didn't hold it, my attention after a while, but Bendis and Bagley's run was uh, really solid for a long time on that book. Mm-hmm. And this this is very comparable for me, at least. Uh, it was a, It's one of those titles you can always count on, and that's just hands down. Right. Yeah, Peter David, very uh, solid writer. I've got plenty of his Hulk stuff sort of in my collection. When you mentioned that that he had been on X Factor for so long, I started poking around um, looking at that myself. And fortunately for me, Marvel had a free download of X Factor number one. Now, this was after the Decimation M uh, event. So you were trying to explain to me how... That sort of launched into a new series, but they eventually went went back and continued the original numbering. Yeah, basically, um, from 1991 to 98, I, he Peter David is hired to come in after uh, a run, which was a totally, almost just like uh, the original X-Men team. Right. And that, that was with uh, these creators. Who was it again? I'm looking. Ah, uh, blah. That's technical speak for... Ah, blah. That's technical speak for I don't know them as well because it's not Peter David. Right. <laughs> but um, I want to say uh, Bob Layton and Jackson Geis was the 80s team up. Yeah. So. Okay. And then you had Peter David and Larry Strawman that came in for the 90s. Now, while the art in the 90s book was very 90s art, um, <laughs> which I enjoy. I still because right. I went back and read all of the visionaries up to this. That's how into it I got. As I went and got every single piece of X Factor he had touched. I still haven't read the Madrox mini, which is kind of a crime from what I hear, but I can't help it. I missed it. I have to go back and get it. Um, <laughs> but it's so solid, and he his voice for these characters it's it doesn't really miss a beat between the night the nineties the late the late eighties nineties run into the 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 new millennium and right. now he keeps this voice and this st- the, the storylines mm-hmm. he wraps up storylines now that he had back then it's kind of insane hmm. um he's definitely one of those that he writes a long story and uh, i guess that might be some people's uh might not some people's some people not be might not be able to get into him because they don't understand that he's writing this long story and the payoffs aren't as quick as most titles, mm-hmm. but wow, does he pay off? It's just, I, it, it was such a bittersweet ending. It's up there for me with the secret six, although the secret six ending was much more explosive than what we got here. <clears throat> right. Um, and that's what and a lot of people thought that maybe Marvel was letting him go because they were worried about uh, his performance after the stroke. And that's not it at all. He has reassured folks saying, he actually has another Marvel title that's kind of spinning out of this from what we gathered. He can't talk too much about it, but he's hinted that certain characters from this will be the core of that title hmm. um, in a way. He said uh, issue two – I believe it was issue 260 was a big hint, he said, that it involved Polaris, Quicksilver, and perhaps Mondo. I don't remember exactly on that issue because the last few have been like spotlighting different characters – here and there, and that's kind of how he wrapped it up. But and this is what he had said: he had went so 
uh, Grandoise with the uh, the Hell on Earth storyline that he did. I believe it was called Hell on Earth. It was basically just that. I mean, when you start bringing the the devil himself, uh, Mephisto, into a story, and you guys have to deal with all hell actually breaking loose on Earth, it's hard to top that. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran into the same problem, and they're still dealing with it in Supernatural. While I still love the characters in that show, and I watch it religiously almost, um, it went so high at a point that I realistically for those characters, there's really no, or any character, there's no topping it. When you start fighting, you know, uh, the devil and like archangels and stuff like that, I mean, not a lot of beings, I mean, in the Marvel U, you can find them for sure, but then it gets kind of ridiculous with the power sets you're dealing with. Right. Um, but it's just, he really went, I think, as hard as he could go. And now maybe I, I get the sense that he's going to try and rein it in with select characters from this in another title, perhaps. I don't know. Now, do you think it'll be another X title? I believe it's very much going to deal with mutants. But, I mean, that's all me guessing. I, he really is not giving us... I, I mean, I looked... Aside from it, I need to, re, I need to like sit down with a magnoscope and examine that issue because... Yeah. It's killing me to know what he's going to be doing. I, I was a big fan of his Hulk. Like you said, you had some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got almost all of the visionaries he did for Hulk. I've got almost his, all his Hulk work. Okay. Um, wow. But I really enjoyed it. He went a little crazy here, and I'll be honest. His Hulk work wasn't flawless for me, but it was it was classic in a lot of ways here and there. Um, X-Factor, he just maintained such a great, uh, strong, solid core and just carried it. I mean, not every issue was perfect and there were weak moments, but overall it's just such a, you really felt like you made this journey with them by the end of all this. I felt like I've been, I've lived in different eras with this team. Like I, I had different hairstyles and different styles of clothes and I, (laughs) I came along with X factor, you know? So it's really interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start picking that book up. Uh, I'll let you sort of help me figure out where to where a good place would be to start not so far back that i've got to pick up like 18 trades but you know i i honestly started uh i would recommend starting from the decimation m that number one you've got i Mm -hmm. recommend picking up from there okay um if that's too much i would have to do a little more research to really point out where i think it'd be okay but he ties so much together yeah he he really did make that a jumping on point, though. I will be clear on that. Okay. You don't have to go back to the 90s if you don't want to. Right. But I kind of want to assure you that you're going to want to just because you're going to like it that much. You're going to get so into it. You're like, right. I need all of it. But, okay. And if that happens, you know, we'll see. Cool. All righty. Well, let's move on from the news. And we'll go into the comic swap. Which we haven't done in a few episodes, right? We haven't. Uh, that we kind of broke our uh, format a bit, mm-hmm. but uh, now we have returned. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Spice and that up. I want. Well, let's. Like I said, because this book is fresh on my head. It, it, on my head. Yeah, it's sitting on top of my head. Because it's fresh in my head, we'll go with the Battle of the Atom. 
And do you want to start off sort of we'll go into we'll go a little bit in depth in this book. So if you haven't read it, spoiler alert, we're gonna be spoiling some things here. Well, they're dealing with something you talked to me a little bit about. We'll talk about later is, of course, time travel. Anybody that's been reading all new X-Men knows what's happened there. The original X-Men, you know, Beast went back and brought back the original X-Men. Right. To say, see what you did, do better. <laughs> Which is a really weird tactic that I'm not sure I think Beast would have done. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, Beast has kind of dug himself a hole for this whole thing. I think he's went a little crazy. Yeah. I don't think that what's going on in Battle of the Atom here is going to make him any less crazier because more people, more time travelers show up. Yeah. That's what this is all about. It's all about now future X-Men show up to say the past X-Men shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> which, which they do bring up as like, really? Is that really helping the situation? That is brought up. Yeah. How many um, people are going to break the time stream here? That thing's just a worn-out trampoline by now. I know. What's it's like on? one of those you see sitting lopsided in some old yard. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. So what's um, nice about this book is is they kind of start out with a, okay, here's where everything's at. We've got the X-Men from the past. We've got the present X-Men. You know, everything's divided. Wolverine's team is over here. Cyclops' team is over here. Uh, both obviously have the goal of um, helping Professor Charles Xavier, who's deceased, you know, achieve his dream of peace between humans and mutants. And then we kind of launch off into the book. And there's not a, kind of a nice lighthearted scene here in the cafeteria. What did you think about that? I enjoyed it. Um, I love me some Bobby Drake. It deals with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anytime uh, Iceman is being Iceman and not, trying to be too serious i love it yeah so yeah and that that helps break it up I, I will go on to say that what do you think this book is an awesome jumping on point for anybody that's missed what's really been happening oh yeah i mean and that's you, it's interesting that's kind of the sad part is you don't if you haven't been reading um all new x-men which is a great book but if you haven't been reading it this book very quickly sort of draws you into you know the the meat of what's happening so you don't necessarily have to have read the previous issues. And that and that kinda but that's the kind of thing uh us readers who have been reading I feel a little bit cheated and we talked about I think he's been stalling a lot mm -hmm. in that book. Yeah. And I and I think it was easy for him to summarize what's been happening because of that stall. Right. And that's fine. That's good. I hope it helps the title because we're enjoying it. Um but you know we did pay extra money I guess. Yeah. Um I, I enjoyed it very much, and I know you haven't picked up All New, which is like chapter two of this that they launched the same week. Right. But I know you said you, you felt like it was strong. You had your, your problems with it. Let me assure you that chapter two amps it up. Okay. Well, I definitely don't have any problems with the art. Uh, Frank Cho on the art, obviously, my, uh, Brian Michael Bendis writing this story. Um, I love Frank Cho's art in this, and I wish he was drawing the uh, Uncanny X-Men book. When I see you him have, drawing, you're not him. liking that art. I remember you saying, "No, not at all. Not, <laughs> not that it's bad. It's just for Uncanny X Men. I like a more traditional art." Yeah, it's. I don't know how to describe the art in there. It's, it's weird. It's definitely. It's I don't have indie. a problem with it, but I could see where people would. Yeah. So. So the, they find people, this, Matt. I see where people would. <laughs> <laughs> they, they find this new mutant 
and she's a pretty cool character. She's able to sort of pull in these monsters. I don't know where she where they're coming from. Other dimensions. They haven't really figured it out, but she's pulling in these crazy looking dragons slash dinosaur creatures, and she's causing all kinds of chaos. I thought it was Zillet from Wildcats for a minute. Oh, you're right. It kind of looks like her. I was like, "What's what's up? Is this like another Angela?" But it's Zillet. Now, do you have <laughs> do you have the book in front of you? I'm gonna blow your mind with I, a few things I do. here. Okay, go to page eight. Page eight. That's or it, it's probably a larger spread. It's it's where Jean Grey's reading her mind. Jean, oh, I see it. All right. Okay, you see the girl at the top in the uh, on the bus. Reading Liberty Meadows. Yeah, reading Liberty yeah. Meadows. And those, for those of you who don't know, that's a another strip that Frank Cho writes. So a little um, homage there to some other work he's done. Now, click on, go on to page nine. All right. And you see where Beast is dropping down, and he says, Gene, can you make her go night-night? <laughs> you see below there? Yeah, I, I see that. There's a sign. That says low, which we're supposed to, it would be like lows, but it's it's low and underscore that is Nick. Nick Lowe, obviously the editor. <laughs> okay, right. it gets crazier. Now go to the two-page spread on the next page. You see, it says Mara Rose's Strake Steakhouse? Yes. Okay, I googled that just because I was on a run here. And that's actually Frank Cho's assistant. Okay. She's a video editor, <laughs> but also his assistant. That... <laughs> what are they putting ads for themselves in here for? It's and crazy. Then in the next page, there's a McSwiggins restaurant open 48 hours, and that apparently is a, is a made-up character that Frank Cho um, and Mark Miller created for, for use in other comics, but he's kind of a an extra character that they throw in books here and there. I'm glad you noticed this because my hummingbird mind was just going crazy with action and whatnot. <laughs> the only reason I got off on this tangent was because I found the first one and I went to the next page and I was like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? That, that's all I could find. But You put the Roddy Piper glasses on. I did. <laughs> they live. <laughs> We've got one that can see. You better watch out, man. You're going to come to my house and beat me up, make me put them on. Yeah. Uh, we'll have an epic, like... 15-minute fight with each other and then be all cool about it. It won't be nowhere near that long. I'll just put the glasses on. <laughs> He'll slap me. I'll be like, fine. So, uh, that guy was like, you're going to upset my life. I've got kids. <laughs> funny. So, anyways, moving on with the book. The interesting part here is, of course, that um, the new or the current day X-Men come in and help them out. So, we've got past and present x-men helping each other it is it's really like it's everybody's weird. uh friends helping friends <laughs> and selves helping selves <laughs> i oh you're right and i totally forgot about this go go to page 13 it's the one where cyclops gets kind of shot up here uh, past cyclops right when i first saw that page i thought his head had gotten blown off does it not see, look I like could, that? I could see that. Yeah. His head's kind of tucked, but when I read that, I was like, holy crap, they killed past Cyclops. You know, what's going to happen to present-day Cyclops? And they actually do address that. They do. But Quite he doesn't nicely, get his head they address off. that. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you think of future X-Men? Let me tell you, you're going to have a big... A big uh, 
some craziness happening next issue. That's all I'll say. I'm I'm curious about this future X Men group so much so that I would hope that there would be a, uh, some kind of a book on this. But I'm trying to figure out who everybody is. Maybe you know. Obviously, Deadpool is in there and Beast. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I don't want. I didn't mean to see next issue, but next chapter. So right. all new X Men. That issue that leads with this. Let me see exactly what number it was again. I can pull that up right quick. There's quite a few people here. Do you are you privy to the names of all these? I am, but I'm not going to give you the one in the Zorn helmet because that <laughs> is part of the reason your mind's going to go erupting. Oh, it's okay. a very you won't be let on too long. It it gets revealed pretty solid fast. So hmm. yeah, yeah. Who's the, who's the baldish dude? So in the it's hood? it's actually all new X Men 16 that's out. Who's the baldish dude? Yeah, that's not. Professor X, is it somehow? It's his like grandson or his great grandson or something of that caliber. It's a uh, relative. Oh, okay. I figured it looked like him. And then you got Kitty Pride to the right there, old Kitty Pride. Oh wow, with the gray streak in her hair. Interesting. Um yeah, and Deadpool looking like I don't even know, <laughs> like Zartan. <laughs> <laughs> he totally does look like Zartan. Um I wonder if his skin changes color in the sun. That's Bobby Drake hulking out back there. They haven't explained why he's all cracked out. I will just oh, say yeah, that it does right. indeed freak him out. Um, he continues to uh, mutate, I guess. That's uh, Molly from uh, Runaways on the far right. Of course, okay. you've got the character in the Zorn uh, helmet. Right. And then you've got uh, an old Hank McCoy up front there. Right. So, hmm. beast. Yeah. And he has a big long tail. Yeah, it's a, they've kind of hellboyed him out a little bit on the horn <laughs> there, and then yeah, he's a crazy You're tail. Right. And he's got a cane. Oh my gosh! Yeah, or no. something, whatever that is. Sure, character design is great, tea. amazingly right. crazy. Yeah, I mean, they definitely uh, kind of drawn me in here to this. So I might pick up the next issue based on this. Um, Uncanny X Men. I got to be honest, I've 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 pulled this off my list for now. I can't believe you did that in the middle of Battle of the Atom. You've got to, you've got to at least stay on until after the Atom. I might have to. Darn it. Because I've, they're, it's one of those, of the and they're doing the same take... thing with Infinity. Yeah. Um. There's the main crossover, which is only going to be a couple books, but then there's two main. Uh, well, for this, there's like three. Right. Uh, comics that tie in. It's not like an entire universe. Um. And you're already on for most of these, where you were. Yeah. Darn it. So it's like Uncanny X-Men, X-Men, and then uh, new, all new X-Men. Those are the three that tie the main that you need to follow this with. But then there's what, Wolverine and the X-Men and regular don't, X-Men. Don't worry about those. Okay. Those won't well, – I don't get, think that'll that'll matter. Dirt. Is it, Phil yeah. Noto doing the X-Men art, really? It is Wolverine and the X-Men. Never mind. I take back everything I just said. Phil Noto is, is doing the art, isn't he? On what? On uh, but, 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 uh, X-Men. Yes. <laughs> Dang it. I I, why? I, I really like Phil Noto from the Uncanny X-Force stuff. I don't think... Wait, where did you get that from? Well, because and the, in had... the digital version, there's... At the back, there's... Uh, one, two, three, four, five. All new X-Men cover by David Lopez, followed by an Uncanny X-Men cover by Fraser Irving. Wolverine and the X-Men. X-Men. Future X-Men. Is Future X-Men going to be a book? I don't know. It might have already been in previews, and we don't know, because I don't do the previews deal. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. 
Um, I, I'm trying to figure out who is actually, cause it's somebody and I can't get his name, but I love his art. So that's a crime. Yeah. Um, and he's very famous. So that's also a crime. What am <laughs> I doing? Committing crimes. Apparently. Apparently something's wrong with my brain. <laughs> a lot's wrong with my brain. Well, we pretty much got to the end of this book. So let's, let's get some scores going here. We haven't scored anything in a while. What do you give the art? On Battle of the Atom? Yeah. Mm, I like it a lot, too. Two? No, I no, I like it a lot as as well, because oh. I knew you'd mention you like it. A two? <laughs> I was like, wow, that, he, really, he really brought me in there and then slugged me. <laughs> I like it a lot, so I'll give it a two, because it sucks. Um, I'd give it a... It's straddling 8.5 to 9 for me. Okay, yeah, I give it a 9. Just I'm partial to Frank Cho, but I love that clean art style he has. It's very easy on the eye. Everybody looks proportional. Everybody looks good. Oliver Copiel. I'm sorry, I'm crossing the streams here for a minute. I had huh. to know because it was killing me. Oliver Copiel is doing X-Men art. That okay. might change as yeah. with this coming in. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, because they've got the name of Phil Noto. Now, that might just mean Phil Noto did the cover. So. Right. As story wise, I give it a solid uh, eight. Yeah. Seven, seven, five to eight. It wasn't the strongest, but I, I give it even a higher mark for a newer reader. If you're yeah, jumping yeah. in, this is a nine because yeah. you're getting so much in one issue. Right. I mean, it's a solid us, nine if you're new. Yeah. For those of us who have been reading all new X Men, this is it's kind of more of the same, not the same as bad necessarily, but it is yeah. a little yeah, bit half more. Yeah, our of what issue is rehash. Yeah. So. so moving on to our second book, this was the book that I had Neil borrow, uh, essentially, because this is one of the villain's books that I really wanted to pick up, and this is, of course, the Grodd book, Gorilla Grodd, coming off the Flash book, 23.1. This is written by Brian, I'm going to butcher his name right now, Bucalado? Yeah, sure. Bucalado. I'm sure I just, I just call him Bucello or Bacalo, like everybody's Chris Bacalo now. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize for our inability to pronounce names other than Bob or or Dave. Um, Chris Batista is the penciler. Uh, Tom Nguyen, the inker. Uh, Wes, dadgummit, Zioba. Wes Zioba, the colorist. <laughs> These people are very more much they colorful than us. our names. <laughs> Francis Manipal does the cover. and <laughs> He knows the English, normal. but he does not speak it as we do. <laughs> yes. Apologize, uh, apologies to the creators. We love what you do. We just can't pronounce your names. And if, and if you thought something was up with that, that was actually just uh, a clerk's reference ah. um, made by me. So I wasn't trying to be, yet again, <laughs> saying things that could be taken the wrong way. I'm right. just quoting movies that maybe I shouldn't <laughs> quote anyway. I don't. I don't know. So we got Grodd here, and I guess we're just coming off a run with Grodd in Flash, which I didn't finish up on. Did you finish that up? I didn't, and okay. here's the deal. Like, I really liked it at certain points. It wasn't consistently good, <laughs> and now it's this issue is really, really solid for me, and it makes me want to go back and catch up. Okay. But then I think to myself... Maybe that's just one of those good issues because I remember that I had some issues I really liked. Right. But my issues, my big issue was the heart 
of the villains. And this, for me, very much brought a lot of heart back into this villain, at least. I don't know what you thought. Okay. Well, the book starts out with the apes um, sort of reconciling with the human beings. And for those of you who haven't been reading Trinity, it's big spoiler here. I'm gathering that the heroes have all disappeared somehow. Is that correct? Um, or been killed, apparently. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're saying they're dead. I don't know how dead they are because I didn't read it either. Right. And poo-poo on us. Yeah. So no more, no more heroes. And while the apes are busy trying to make nicey with the humans, uh, Grodd has possessed the, uh, what do you call it? The, the speed power. What is it I'm looking for? The speed force. The speed force. And he comes in growling, and they're like, oh, shoot, Grodd's here. Daggummit. That's the... exactly what they sound like <laughs> when a giant telep telepathic... <laughs> Uh, fast as lightning gorilla shows up on the scene. <laughs> you, know, you made it more sound like they just lost the game and they were going to the DQ to drown their stars in a blizzard. Oh, God, my God's here again. That's what I would do. Yeah. That's exactly what I would do, however. And he's, of course, coming and saying, you know, Flash is dead. He starts smacking people around, which is what Grodd does best. Um, and then he starts tearing people apart, which is... Another thing that Grodd does does well. I and thought it was fantastic. It I, is. I really it, enjoyed the brutality that he brought on. And it, it's it's definitely what I expect from Grodd, and, and they nailed that. But here's my one problem with it. If if anybody read the uh, standalone title from Flashpoint that had Grodd in it, this is kind of more of the same for me. This is Grodd coming in, um, if essentially taking over, and then getting very bored with having so much power. And that's kind of how this book goes for me, and it's almost a mirror image of that that uh, standalone from the Flashpoint series. It is, but... And I'll say... I'll, <laughs> it is, but... I, I wasn't a big fan of Flashpoint, so I guess anything that came on that was strong out of that, mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, this is isn't going to matter that much because it's just this alternate universe dip we're taking and then we'll be back right. to another universe that is supposed to be the real one, right? And but, so maybe this will make uh, a dip either if we come out of the new 52. Um, that's the I thing. Just, this feels like Flashpoint all over again. And I liked Flashpoint, but you know, all of a sudden now the heroes are gone, the villains are taking over. How are we going to fix the time stream again? You know? With uh, a gorilla. <laughs> what the, that's, what, with you know gorilla? What? That's what? the one answer I'll uh, I'll accept from DC. <laughs> with a gorilla. Obviously, we're partial to apes. I mean, yeah. that the show is named after such, but uh, that actually didn't didn't play into my decision to name the show Ape for Comics, but. So says you now. I do like Rod quite a bit, and I am partial to Kong Gorilla as well. So, so your issue is you feel like um, this is this is all like they're just basically ripping themselves off. Yeah, it, for this particular issue, this you could go back and read the standalone Flashpoint Grad issue and basically get the same thing. And I actually think that one was done better um, because. He beat up a bunch of uh, different apes, and he became very bored and morose early on because he took over the entire nation of Africa very quickly. Yeah, I could see that. But I, here's where the excitement comes in for me because 
it's exactly that. However, they're like, well, let's do it right this time. Let's throw the rogues in there because you know right. the rogues the rogues ain't gonna deal with this monkey business. <laughs> <laughs> They're, not, oh, they're gonna be like, oh, we'll sure have our city because we're the rogues and it is our city. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that the heart they brought back in the garage here, mm-hmm. I'm hoping and praying, I see that back for the rogues. Okay. I did, because... see. I didn't notice the rogues rebellion thing at the end. I kind of got lost over it, but I can see how you would be excited about that uh, per, uh, potential conflict between those two. Uh, you got to bring cold back to being true grit, man. You yeah. got to bring back the Clint Eastwood uh, dealing. And if he doesn't have the Parker, we can handle it. Just bring <laughs> back that attitude. You know, okay, you changed his power set. Yeah. You gave him like Cody Rhodes' sleeveless hoodie. I mean, <laughs> okay, fine. But I need I need that, that grit. I need that I've been there. I've done everything. I'm right. harder than the streets themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the rogue attitude that I need there. Okay. Well, let's score this one before we get into the special feature, which will translate nicely since we've been sort of hinting at it all along. But uh, art-wise, um, I really liked the art. I would give it a solid 8, 8.5. And, and then story for me is more of a 6 just because it feels like something I've seen before. But it oh, wasn't bad. Six. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't didn't blow me you away. You just maced me. You were like, check out this mace. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I pointed it when I was testing it. Oh, um, what's what's your thoughts? I I was I was sitting on an eight. Now that you've brought your points to light, I could probably <laughs> go seven. However, that art that art mm-hmm. that art is getting a solid nine for me. I really like that, and it's not only that, but Chris Batista. Come mm-hmm. on, somewhere in my mind, that's like Dave Batista's kin. <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't I haven't seen much of his work and I when I read this I had just sort of in my head assumed that this was like Francis Manipole, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not really paying to the fen- attention to the fact that the art was quite different. Manipole was yeah, he's got his like it almost seems like it's like a watercolorish that he does yeah. in a way to me. And it's it's nice. It's not my favorite, however. I very much more prefer this style of art. Mm-hmm. Oh, he the does. way he draws the apes is tremendous. Oh yeah, he's maybe they picked him for that. Maybe like, let's see you draw an ape. Oh yeah, yeah you're our guy. Oh yeah. And maybe. if he's related to Batista, like the wrestler, that could play in <laughs> because he's kind of apish. He he nails it. I mean, from the from the faces to <laughs> sort of the 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 way the air flies against the hair when he's flying through the air. I mean, it's amazing. And if you're listening, uh, Batista, I mean that in a complimentary manner. Oh, yeah. Don't come rip my arms out of their sockets. <laughs> He's just per, he does pure raw power drawings very well. Yeah, yeah, uh, almost like he'd love to see this guy draw like a Hulk or something too. That'd be all right. You know, if if Batista did show, I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna get killed by Drax. This is good. <laughs> Destroyed by the Destroyer. Be all right. So yeah, solid book. I know you read some of the other villains books and weren't quite as impressed. Was this one more high on the level for you? Okay, yeah, let me let me talk let me touch on that okay. a little bit. I read Bizarro and it was just sad and I mean as in awful. Mm. The story, I don't like where they were going. They didn't even try to sell me with good art. Mm. Um it was all around uh two thumbs down and maybe a poo poo platter. Was Bizarro like a <laughs> the rating system? <laughs> 
Like oh, s- the real rating system, mm-hmm. I give it like <sighs> make the Lumberg sound. Um, I'm gonna need to get it a 3.5, maybe on a story. <laughs> That's be- yeah. I wanted to give it a two out of sheer spite because I love Bizarro, hmm. but uh, I mean it's it's well below. It's not even approaching for me an average status because of how bad both the story and art were for me. Did they did they change him that much? Like, I mean, is it the Bizarro that we know? The, the weird talking no. sort of... Oh, what did they do? They didn't make do, him do, emo, did they? I don't really want to... Well, I should spoil it because I don't want people to go out and read this. Okay, what they did... <laughs> here comes the spoiler, folks, because I'm on a rant. They're like, oh, well, Lex Luthor somehow Superman busted in to get him and his lip happened to be bleeding. You don't know how. So <laughs> some blood gets on Lex Luthor, and he he tries to make clones, but it goes wrong, and that's Bizarro. So the Bizarro is the result of Superman's bloody lip, basically. Yeah. Hmm. And it's he doesn't, terrible. Does he talk funny? Because yeah, Bizarro they, always made they me try, laugh. They try to do that. They're like, well, he, because they essentially made it like, well, he at one point looked like Superman, and then like, the sun made him grow a lot faster. Like it made him stronger and expand a lot more. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, the reason he's talking all stupid is because his brain's now pressing against his super strong skull. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what have we come to? This is wow. terrible. Wow. That, that was, that was blasphemy in my book. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. Wow. Don't read that. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't let your kids read it. <laughs> terrible. I mean, it'll, it'll ruin Bizarro. Yeah, that's, children. That's, that stinks. You know, I'm all for changing things, but it seems like they're on this kick for changing things just for the sake of changing things, not because it makes any particular sense, or not because it makes it better. Is going no. in a nice direction. Um, yeah. Deadshot was was decent. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the Deadshot that we came to love by Gail. I don't think it ever will be unless she's handling it. Yeah. Um. However. It was a nice try. I felt like it was a solid uh, somewhere around a seven, a six, five for me. Okay. Um, and then from there we go to Gail's actual book she wrote, The Ventriloquist, which was the really creepy villain for anyone who's watching, uh, watching, reading Batgirl. Right. Solid villain, and I loved it to a point. I felt like Gail took a cheap shot in there. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I'll just say, uh, get the tissues because <laughs> it's it's really. It's like okay, this character is very twisted and scary and demented, and you 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 already get a very uneasy feeling even reading her. I mean that's that's true. Mm. That's not just like well when I read the Joker I know he's messed up. You get a she's really good at giving you the Hannibal Lecter I just ate someone's liver feeling. Not that that's what this person's gimmick is, but mm. uh, it's a very odd offsetting feeling, and you you'll understand reading it. I recommend reading this. However. Uh, be prepared. Be prepared. I mean, she doesn't hold any punches back. I don't understand why something was in there at all that happened, and I guess that's my big issue with the book because, all right, folks, I'll tell you right now, I'm an animal lover. It has to do with an animal. That's it. <laughs> um, and, yes, I hug trees all day. <laughs> but And it had to do with that. I just don't understand why it was necessary to even have that. I guess right. they could have just used the people involved. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay. that's just me. That's you know, other people are probably like, well, he needs to shut up because it was awesome, and he's just whining about pets or animals. Yes, <laughs> I do that. 
and that's just that's me. All right. Um, well, so that's the I read those, and then I read Grodd. Grodd was definitely the strongest one I read for me because I I don't remember Flashpoint as well as you do. First off, mm-hmm. because I wasn't maybe as into it. I the best part of Flashpoint for me was like Flash freaking trying to get his powers back and. <laughs> And we, we simply accepted it. He was just going to keep shocking himself with lightning. Yes, that was awesome. To get the powers back. And I was like, okay, then. He's that dedicated. <laughs> so, It's um, funny. I wasn't that high up on the series when it began. But now that DC is where it is, now that the reboot has happened, it almost has me longing for that time period. Because Flashpoint was sort of the end of it for me. That was the end he, of... DC I knew and maybe I'm just clinging to that maybe that's why I liked it so much let's go a little conspiracy theory here do you think things are so bad at DC right now and that new 52 has turned so awful because they have a plan to go back to the original universe and they're going to make us just that much more excited for it when they announce it I hope they do uh, <laughs> see, you would tell. See, and then you're gonna be like, I want all 52 of those now. Oh my gosh, I would go back if you bring back, you know, the the uh, obviously Secret Six. You bring back Gotham City Sirens. You bring back the Birds of Prey that I knew and loved. You bring back. <laughs> They'll be like, you'll Dick get Grayson as Batman. Back, I'm there. But um, Lee Fields in charge. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> is that fine with y'all? I would read it. In spite, I'd be like, you know what? Fine, that's right. I want the numbers to be up there. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, because some part of me, it's almost like, like the people who eat at McDonald's every day. I eat at McDonald's sometime. I'm not knocking it. I enjoy, you know, an egg McMuffin here and there. Right. I enjoy, you know, a, a, a nice cheap cheeseburger on my go. But the people that eat there every day have to know that's a bad idea. Yeah. And I mean, maybe they don't have another option. I don't know. And that's sad. <laughs> and now it's a sad episode. Uh, I'll put on my purple jeans and walk away. Well, uh, the thing is, which I didn't realize, we're two years into this now, you know, the new 52. And, you know, there, it's, it almost feels like they're so far invested into it that they can't go back. But I, I would be in favor of them cheating and taking some sort of an out and returning to things the way they were. And I'm would probably you, not alone. Would you, okay, we talked a little bit about time travel. Would you be opposed to them using that as a scapegoat once again? Because that's almost what it would have to be. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have a problem with that if, if it got me back to the DC that I liked, to be honest. And, and let's, let's go ahead and segue into that. Special feature, time travel. <laughs> Do you like it? Or not. If Michael J. Fox is involved, yes. Yes. Then it's a very big yes. I now, don't have a problem with it in the Battle for the Atom because it's made me very much into my X-Men titles again. One, two, three. SmashMyComics.com is the leading free online interactive comic book database. Catalog your comics and track prices, character, and creator appearances. Follow the daily blog reviews, editorials, and a weekly podcast. Connect with other fans through member reviews and discussion forums. Keep abreast of site updates on Twitter at StashMyComics and find us on Facebook. StashMyComics.com, powered by Geek Energy. Nailed it. Right. Well, this is something we were loosely discussing sort of before the show started. 
And my complaint is that um, it's perhaps been used a little bit too much lately as a, a sort of creative uh, crutch, I would say, for, for people who are running out of ideas or need some sort of fantastical idea to build upon. All of a sudden, we seem to be involving uh, time travel or alt uh, characters from alternate dimensions. And you look at DC and Marvel both, and there's quite a bit of this in, in quite a lot of their books. Yeah, and I guess it is, I could, I you know, I'm thinking more on it right now, and yeah, I could see that. I, I mean, it, I don't know if that's a trend or if we'll, it'll all, if it'll always just be there, but they, they have been using it a, a lot as of late. Yeah. So in, in fighting and time travel, these are two big things that I'm seeing a lot. And, and I don't, it's they not definitely that need to get out of the infighting. Yeah. The infighting needs to stop. I want good old, good guy, bad guy. The world as we know it right now with all the things going on is so much of a gray area. I'm tired of gray areas. I'm tired of it being like, well, are the good guys, good guys, or, right. you know, I need my heroes to be heroes. Right. I need my villains to be villains. And I need some SmackDown. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. Well, take, I mean, take a look at Marvel. And with with just in the last couple of years, uh, I'll, I'll point out Uncanny X-Force first, which is a book that I loved. But we had some time travel things going on there with the um, with a Wolverine from the future talking to his Wolverine from the past and, and this and that. And then you run right into the all-new X-Men thing where you have the X-Men from the past coming into the present uh, Beast has messed with the time stream. Within that, you have Magique, um, who in the very first pages of the Battle of the Atom um, confesses that she has time traveled into the future and seen some things that's going on that she doesn't like. And then you've got Extreme X-Men, which is a now canceled title, uh, also dabbling in that. Not to mention all the Nightcrawler stuff going on. There's there's quite a bit of time traveling. Hey, and, and hey. You leave Nightcrawler out of this, right? Which nobody, Nightcrawler are we talking about? Nobody sits baby in the corner. There's, there's three different Nightcrawlers because we keep time traveling over the place. And then that doesn't what? even begin wait, wait, wait. to go into cable what, what stuff. What Nightcrawler do I not know about? I need to know this because I know of the one from Age of Apocalypse and I know of our original Kurt, but okay. who else? There was the Extreme X-Men Oh, one. that's yeah. right. The kid one. Okay, kid Nightcrawler. All right. I am corrected. Yeah, three Nightcrawlers. And then, like I was saying, that doesn't even begin to go into... Uh... Man, I just forgot. Darn it. There was another time-traveling strand that I was going into that I forgot. See? Now I'm confused. X-Men almost gets a, a, a free pass on me. I you know, I don't want to use it as crutch. But you look at like things like all the way back to Days of Future Past. And, yeah. And just they, they do that. And yeah. then you've got like Cable and his whole. I don't think the X-Men, even if they about. wanted to get out of it, could yeah. get out of the time travel at this point. <laughs> it's I. You know what though? I hope that maybe this is it. Maybe at the end of all of this, and that's a big hope. I know because I'm not going to be naive and think, well, right. this is going to fix it all. But it would be a goal to try and get away from it by having this big time travel cluster saying we can't break this rule anymore. Yeah. I would love to see some sort of a uh, a policing of this whole third thing, you know, or some sort of an agreement like, hey, you know what? We can't just keep going into time and screwing things up because 
All it does is create more problems. Or Bishop will shoot you. Yeah, they need a, they need a <laughs> policeman for time travel somehow. Time cop. Bishop time cop. is time cop. <laughs> Van Dam comes back. It's time cop. <laughs> it's so bad. Here's a side note. You know he's doing the um, GoDaddy commercials now. Oh, wow. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, you need to check it out. There's a picture of him playing bongo drums doing the splits on two sugar bags inside of a restaurant. And and he's like, it's go time. It's go daddy time. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's creepy. Excellent. Uh, it's such a weird dude. <laughs> but anyways, so I mean, back to time travel. Obviously, I mean, maybe you've been reading a little bit longer than I have. So um, I've just noticed sort of a ramping up of it um, within the last you know year or so, really. Um, and I typically like those kind of stories. I, I like the the complexity that comes by, comes with sort of the time travel thing, but I feel like creatively it's it's used it's overused and there's sometimes when I just want to see a team of X-Men go have some cool adventure, fight a bad guy, come back and talk about it, you know? It would be cool. Uh, I and I and that yeah, they need to get back away from dimension hopping, uh, time hopping. They don't have a TARDIS. What are they doing? Um, That's <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know. I, I, I guess some of the beauty of having the original X-Men come into this book is some of the action feels very much rooted into what we want. Mm. Albeit it got there by a time travel gimmick. Right. And... Uh, you know that's been a beauty of it, and I, but I do hope for something concrete out of all these crossovers lately, DC or Marvel or you know even the Indies. If you're gonna do a crossover event, let's have some real, you know, changes that affect your universe. Yeah. Uh, some rules, even like you were saying, to where we can't just go and have <laughs> this happen all the time. And if it does, it needs to be a lot less commonplace. Like it's gonna be a major. Which this is a major event uh, right. around it, but it needs, you know, there's sometimes we're just in the regular line we're doing it. We're just time traveling, you know, and I, I get that. It's, it's we need to rein that in. Yeah, it it affects way too many titles, and uh, I'll tell you, if Jean Grey is one of my more favorite X Men characters, and if if this winds up not bringing her back, I'm going to be deeply disappointed. I'm not saying anything. Um, oh, dang it. <laughs> what? I'm going to the store tomorrow, so I guess okay. I'll find out, won't I? You'll find some stuff out. I hope it's good. We'll see. <laughs> nah, you can call me cussing either way. <laughs> it's fine. I'm here for you, Matt. I'm here. Thank you, Counselor Neil. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be, you would be an in-trouble kid. <laughs> Well, I need to know what to do. Here, you see this stack? Read it. <laughs> Tell me what you think. Come back tomorrow. I'll give you a new one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty. It's mine. Yeah. That's how I would doctor. PhD in comics. Yeah, right. I'm not that smart at comics. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I could give them out to help people. <laughs> I'm the Dr. Mario of comics. Here. Sure, that helps. Just read this. 
Read we, two of these and come back in the morning. I'm afraid I've taken you, along with any listener, down a weird path at this point. Yes. And that uh, we did a little time travel. I'm sorry. I know okay. we said we didn't want to do it, but we no. did it. We're actually sort of at the end of our time limit anyways, so that is a good Play time to music. close. Play the whole music. It's been music. a sad episode. Play yes. the whole music. <laughs> well, we'd like to thank you guys for listening, for those of you who have stuck around with us. We'd also like you to go to stashmycomics.com. That's where you can find our podcast every week. If you go to the... Well, it's right on the front page. You can play it from there. Um, so do that. Or you can go to iTunes. And if you search for Ape for Comics, we come up under the Stash My Comics list. And you can always go to our website, apeforcomics.com, which goes directly to our Facebook page, which Neil handles. And... B and D comics. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you go uh, first. Um, I just want to say, you know, folks, uh, yeah, give give us a drop us a line on Facebook. I'm on there a lot more often than anything. Um, I, I don't get to watch the Stash by Comics forums nearly enough uh, as I should, but I, I end up being on Facebook messing around on my, you know, kind of deal, just being me, whimsical Neil Rickman, <laughs> and uh, I'll get to see anybody that posts on Ape for Comics that way. And so we could chat some. So don't be afraid to say, hey, what's up? Uh, ask my opinion on something. Tell me what you think of the show, good or bad. We want to hear from you. Yep, definitely. Or you can leave a comment in the section of the, the Stash My Comics site when you find the podcast. There's places where people occasionally will comment on our show, and we appreciate that. And obviously our other sponsor, B, uh, andcomics.com bnd comics that's where or we the get our stuff. you could you could use that too <laughs> oh does it does it transfer there no oh no i was it. just saying oh. in regular talk i'm sorry gotcha hummingbird <laughs> mine remember i'm gonna be going there tomorrow to pick up my books so i'm excited but we love them and go and support your local comic book shop sure it's easy to order stuff online but it's more fun to go to a store and and, and interact with people and get your books that way so I like it. You should like it too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. I want you all to have a good evening or a good morning or whatever time it is where you are, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Good night. <laughs>